Hello, guys. Welcome back to another episode of In the Zone. I'm Giancarlo Alino, joined by the co-hosts Anthony Pinello and Chris Martelli. And uh, guys, we're going to start off with the Super Bowl that took place on Sunday. Wasn't the most exciting game in the world. Uh, Chris, you hosted us at your lovely home for this Super Bowl that wasn't all that great. So uh, tell us what you thought about the game and Tom Brady winning yet another championship. Um, well, I was at work. I missed the first, basically the first half, and I thought that that was a big mistake. Not getting the day off, but it was only 3 nothing uh, at halftime. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not really missing much. I come home to my lovely, humble abode, and I see a lot of cars here. And we've been hosting Super Bowl parties since like grade 8, grade 7. So it's a, tradi- it's a tradition in our household. But yeah, this game was not that entertaining. I mean, the last two years have been outstanding games. We saw two years ago Matt Ryan... The Patriots came back being down, what, 28 or 28 to like 14. They came back and won. Um, and then last year, Nick Foles beating the Patriots was pretty. It was a pretty cool story how the backup QB kind of led the Eagles to the Super Bowl. But this year was kind of whatever. I mean, we all knew that Tom Brady was coming in and he wanted to make history. And he was taking on an up-and-comer in Jared Goff, who, mind you, is our age, facing Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. That's got to be nerve-wracking like if I was him I'd probably be shaking beforehand and we saw that with uh Matt Ryan a couple years back apparently he had a panic attack before the game so everyone is human you know what happens but I just want to quickly talk about how low scoring this game was 13-3 the final the lowest scoring game ever at a Super Bowl Rams don't even get a touchdown like I I'm just still baffled the Patriots coming into this game were not known for their defense. Their offense is basically what carried them. You have Edelman, Gronk, Chris Hogan, um, Michelle. Their running back has been great all year. Just got drafted, actually. Um, so that was great to see. But again, the Rams as well, their offense was supposed to be what carried them to the Super Bowl. And they didn't even get a touchdown Todd Gurley was injured. He was on He was on and off the whole game. They were switching him and C.J. Anderson, which was good for management. But at the end of the day, I'm still surprised how they didn't even get a touchdown. I mean, yes, New England came to play. Offensively, both teams kind of didn't come to play. They both had their errors. Brady actually threw an interception, his first uh, throw in the game. That kind of threw a lot of people off. But Jared Goff was not that much better. I think he uh, threw 50% completion rate, which is not good at all. And, um, yeah, he just didn't look like himself. Even Gurley and Anderson, they didn't run the ball enough. So, yeah, um, I, th- I was expecting more like a 30 to, like, 28 final or, like, a 30, like, you know, an offensive game. But we did not get that. Are you guys surprised at all by that? I I don't know. Didn't the Rams have, like, the best offense in the league last year or I, this strange I'm season? pretty sure, yeah. They were up wow. there. So they couldn't even, when the time was right, the big moment, they couldn't even do it. I don't know. Uh, Tom Brady, I told you last week, man, it just continues. Perfect wife, perfect kids, perfect life. He's living in the turtleneck own, like coming in with a sixth championship. And he said, yeah, I'm not retiring. I'm coming for more. Can't get any more greedy than that. That's just amazing. And Bill Belichick, I'd love to see him go to Cleveland. Like, that'd be perfect. Go in. Baker Mayfield's there. I think he's going to probably stay around another year. But uh, do you think Rob Gronkowski, they were making a point, they were made a point about it a lot during the game. Like, this could be his last game. Do you think he finally retires? or? They, we talked about it a bit last week, but 
I, I feel like it is his last game because a lot of people kept harping on that. And they're like, yeah. oh, this this is probably Gronk's last game. This is probably Gronk's last game. And then we saw after the whole game, he was kind of joking around with Belichick more than he ever has before. And he's talking about partying and doing all this stuff. And we saw him at the parade. He was having a really grand time. So yeah. it, it, whether this means maybe he has one year left or he's done – that's great for him, but I do believe that yeah, he is he's done. He, yeah. Even in the even in the Super Bowl, he didn't look that dominant anymore. Edelman was the guy that Brady threw to. He had ten receptions. He got the MVP. I thought it still may have should have gone to Brady, but they gave it to Edelman, which was you know respectful for them. But yeah, Gronk um, over the last I'll say two years, ever since they went to the finals way back uh, the Super Bowl uh, against the the Seahawks. That was when Gronk was at his peak, and that was when he was killing it. But the last couple of Super Bowls, he hasn't really looked that dominant. So I wouldn't be surprised if injuries shortened his career, and he's done now. Yeah, I noticed that too. I think that you know he seemed more open to not playing again. He seemed even uh, that Super Bowl helped him make the decision. I thought because if they lost, I think he would have probably told management, "Maybe I'll just try another year," or they would have traded him. But I think now is like the perfect time he won. He seems uh, happy about the idea, and he was joking around more with Belichick, like you mentioned. So I think that signals he's going to be done in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it's good for the game, too. I feel like it's perfect timing for Gronk to hang him up. He has three titles already. He's like 29, 30 years old. Uh, Being a tight end is a very tough position in the the NFL. I think that's one of the more hard-hitting, other than being, you know, an offensive lineman or a defensive guy um but other than that yeah like we we don't i don't think uh the media talks about how much the nfl impacts their bodies i mean we we've studied it in school like how much the nfl kind of kills the human body and like some careers they end at 26 some careers end at like look at brady 41 but again he's a qb so they could kind of go a little longer but yeah, tight ends usually don't have very long careers. Like, not every tight end will be Julius Peppers and play till he's 35. So, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised if Gronk does end up hanging him up. But the one thing that I do want to talk about before we go is how bad, how bad the halftime show was. Oh my god, that was that was, that was one of the worst things I've ever seen. I mean, I, again, I wasn't here to watch it, but I rewatched it, and you basically saw Maroon Five. You saw what's his name, Adam Levine, trying to look like he's he's trying to be in Magic Mike. Takes his shirt <laughs> off and he's like shaking his hips and shit. Oh, it's like, what God. are you doing? And then Travis Scott comes out. I went to see him. I'm a big fan of him, but they basically gave him 30 seconds. He didn't even finish his song, and it was like, what? Like, what the fuck are you? What is this? What are you doing? Like, compared to last year's Justin Timberlake performance, this was just a failure, and. I think the Super Bowl to me was honestly a complete failure. If Brady didn't get his legacy, if he didn't get his, if he didn't win his sixth, if Belichick didn't get his sixth, and all this stuff around the Patriots' legacy, this would have been one of the worst Super Bowls since the Broncos and the the Panthers a couple of years back. Because that was wow, tough yeah, one to watch. That halftime show. I was looking after it ended. Just think to myself, what the hell did I just watch? Let me go get a donut or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad, that halftime show. I was kind of wishing they put halftime heat during the Super Bowl. WWE should uh, pay the sponsorship for that. So maybe next year. Absolutely brutal. But that's enough about the Super Bowl. Now we got to get into um, very, very 
just a mess. The NBA trade deadline, what a disaster. What are your thoughts, guys, so far on the trades? Here's the one big trade that I will point <laughs> that I will point out. Otto Porter Jr. traded to the Bulls for Jabari Parker, a second overall pick. This is already his third team and Bobby Portis. What are your thoughts on this deal for both teams? I don't know why Chicago would trade him. He's a hometown guy, and he wanted to go play in Chicago, so I don't like it. For Otto Porter, he's a great player, and Washington doesn't have John Wall now because he got injury towards Achilles. He's going to be out probably a year, so I don't know. It's tough. I don't really like the trade too much for Chicago or Washington. Sorry. What exactly happened to Parker? Because the last I heard, he was a hot shot prospect, top five in the draft, and then... You know, like you said, it's his third team he, he He got injured in his second year. He got injured in his third year. And he got injured in his fourth year. So really just one problem. Yeah. So he's <laughs> he's he's been injury prone. And uh, the last team that he was on, like the Bucks, they le- it left a sour taste in their mouth. He didn't have the greatest – like he, he his uh, player relationship with like the management has never kind of been there. Like he's kind of been a hothead in a way and like he wants what he wants and he's not getting it because again yes he went second overall but he's not playing like a second overall pick and again like you said he was a hot shot he still looks at himself like that but management and coaching that he has been a part of has not looked at him like that I feel like if the talent is still there and he's still young enough if he gets his head in the check he can still be a solid player much like um what's his face on the on the spurs or on the nets Oh, D'Angelo? Yeah, because his first couple years, he was kind of, no one really knew what he was, and then he kind of exploded this year, so. I'm happy for D'Angelo Russell, because, like, everyone was saying, oh, yeah, we got Lonzo, screw D'Angelo, he's shit, like, we get rid of him, ship him out, so they shipped out D'Angelo Russell, who now is an all-star this year, an all-star reserve, and they shipped out Jordan Clarkson, and now they have Lonzo and Rondo, and both those guys are potentially gone as well, so the Lakers kind of bit themselves in the ass with that. But going back to this trade, I really like it actually for the Chicago pull, the Chicago Bulls because again, yes, you have to get you have to take Otto Porter's contract, which is a disaster. It's a lot. Yeah. But he is a free agent, I think, after this year or next year. And basically Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis, Bobby Portis is a free agent after this year. He's putting up monstrous numbers the last couple weeks. Maybe this is why they traded Portis because I read a couple days ago that he was one of the untouchables, but I guess he was playing so well that, you know, the Bulls management looked at him and they're like, you know what, his trade value is probably really high right now. We'll try and go out there and get an Otto Porter Jr. to help with the guys like the Zach Levines and the Lori Markinens and the Chris Dunns because Porter brings that two-way game. I think he's a very underrated player. I think his contract kind of makes him look like an overrated player, but... Porter is not a superstar, but he's a really good player, and he did go third overall. Um, I think he actually went behind Jabari Parker, if I'm not (laughs) mistaken. Um, But Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis are two very young players. They're very promising. Actually, three great young promising players in this deal. So I love it for both teams because, again, the Bulls are nowhere near a playoff spot. Even the Wizards, uh, recent, you know, last year they made the playoffs. Year before that, they made the playoffs. John Wall now out a year, Bradley Beal playing the best ball of his career, but apparently he wants out, which I don't blame him. He wants to be in the playoffs. You get now Jabari Parker, Bobby Portis, two great rebuilding pieces, and basically you could hit the reset button for next year with the Wizards. I think it's a great deal for both, 
And uh, this brings me to the next trade that I just want to quickly discuss. Harrison Barnes last night got traded mid-game. What are your What are your guys' thoughts on that? Because LeBron James took the social media and he basically criticized it. What are your thoughts on that? Because I kind of I'm not about that either. Uh, well, I think Commissioner LeBron James should stay in his own lane and worry about his own team because there's leaked uh, the whole trade package from LA, which is the whole team, and he's just sitting on the bench awkwardly looking at his teammates who he's trying to get out the door. So. Don't think LeBron should be commenting on that. Uh, Harrison Barnes, we I remember him on Golden State when they had that 73-win season. That He played a big role for them, getting those three-pointers from the corner when they need them, big game shots. Now I think this is putting uh, Dallas in a great position where they're going to get Zach Randolph to come in, a veteran guy to work with. Uh, Luka Doncic is a young player while Chris Porzingis is still recovering, so it gives them some time where they don't have to rush them back and work them into it. With uh, Sacramento, they're getting a, another player who can hit threes for them. They have a good young roster, so I like it for you, both teams. Uh, do you think in time Dallas can challenge Golden State? The way that the way that I'm looking at it right now is, okay, you have Doncic, you have Porzingis. Porzingis apparently wants to sign when his contract is up after the year, so they want to give him a max deal. Doncic has another year after this year, or maybe another two. I'm pretty sure it's just one. With, I think with rookie deals, it's two years. That's it. Um, now that you're getting Zach Randolph, I don't know if he's buyout material. I heard rumors that he might be a buyout, yeah. which I don't know why. He he would bring great you know leadership and veteran presence to guys like Doncic, like you said. But to answer your question, I we talked about it last week. Yeah, I think they. I think I even said last week. I think they could challenge them eventually if. The Warriors implode because I know I don't think Katie's signing. No. I just don't see it happening. Um, even I've heard rumors that Clay Thompson might not sign either. So if those two guys don't sign, you have basically only Curry and Draymond left. Only, yeah, only. <laughs> but <laughs> two Draymond lately hasn't been the greatest player. But again, he's not getting a lot of touches, so you can't really blame him. But again, if they don't sign Thompson or Durant, that's huge and. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to think the Mavs would be a top three team sooner, maybe no sooner than next season because Porzingis and Doncic are their money. You know what I think happens, though? Harrison Barnes and I was on Sacramento. If KD, she's probably walking. Cousins is gone. Cousins is they're gone. They're going to go trade probably for Harrison Barnes and bring him back. Then they're going to put the whole three back together and then <laughs> go on another 72-win season. That would be crazy. It's just there's some there's so much stuff you could talk about with the NBA with like free agency, it's actually absurd. Like in NHL, you don't talk about it as much. Like the John Tavares signing happens like once every like decade almost. Yeah. How like a big guy like switches teams. But with the NBA, it's just so. Is it every year? It's so frequent. Yeah, it's every year. <laughs> and this like, one actually lived up to the hype. This like, trade deadline. Usually, it's like, oh yeah, this guy's gonna get traded, and then at the end of it, it's just some random roster player that's gone. <laughs> like even Kyrie getting traded like a year and a half ago, like that was like a huge yeah. deal, and now already he's like, oh, I want to leave. Like, wh- <laughs> what? Like you were on I'm the team for here. a year, and they went to the finals or the the conference finals, and you weren't even playing. So imagine if you were playing, you probably would have went to the finals. You might have even. Maybe taking Golden State to seven games, probably not. But you you would have, you know, but it's crazy how, yeah, I want out. I want to go to now. I've heard rumors now that Davis, uh, Durant, and Irving all have interest in the Knicks. All three of them. So it's like the NBA is just a joke. And it is. The one last trade I want to talk about, which is huge because we're Raptors fans, it's huge. 
Tobias Harris going to the 76ers. I will read you this 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 deal because it's huge. It's the Sixers get Tobias Harris, Bobin Marjanovic, the seven five center. You know the really tall guy on the Pistons. Mike Scott, who killed the Raptors last year in the playoffs. Remember with the Wizards, that guy wouldn't miss. Yeah. The Clippers receive Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, Landry Shamit, the guy they just drafted last year, two first-round picks, and two future second-round picks. <laughs> so the Sixers gave up a shit ton to basically just get Tobias Harris. What are your thoughts on that now that the Sixers have a big four? I think they overpaid, to be honest, because all those draft picks for Tobias Harris, he's averaging like 20 and a half points. That's... I think that's overpaying for what he's the biggest name in that deal. I don't think it's going to do what they want because they do have JJ Redick. That's a good piece. Simmons at point guard, but now you have to manage everyone around Jimmy Butler too, because he has a great reputation of, uh, you know, sitting out. Screw this team. It's my team. I don't give a shit. He has a horrible reputation, so they're going to have to make it work with him. But if they can get all get on the same page, I like their chances in the East. It's Yeah, because I read uh, after the trade that they are now favorites to win the East, even though I think they're in fourth or third now. Yeah. Um, they have Ben Simmons. They have Redick. They have Butler. They now finally solved their problem at the four. They now have Harris instead of Amir Johnson or whoever they had before. So now you have... Harris, Embiid, Simmons, Redick, and Butler is your starting five. I can't really think of a better starting five other than the Golden State Warriors. So I'm not surprised that now all the betting odds put the Sixers at the top. But I still think that the Raptors and the Celtics are the better team overall. Because like you said, a guy like a Jimmy Butler could really screw with the team and could really make things hard on management like we saw in Minnesota. And ever since that trade, Minnesota has never been the same. Like, they're trying to still, like, fix what went wrong there. And even though Derrick Rose is having a career, well, not a career year, but having a renaissance and he's coming back to form finally at 30 years of age, like, it's like, man, Jimmy Butler really screwed, like, this team up. And he got into, like, Towns' head. He got into Wiggins' head. How he's like, I'm still better than you and you guys went first overall. Like, I'm better than you. Like, he was basically saying stuff like that. I don't want to play with guys like these guys. So, like, I, I'm just waiting for the update to say, oh, Butler doesn't like Simmons. Butler doesn't like Embiid. Butler doesn't like <laughs> Harris's. Butler doesn't like Harris's attitude. It's going to – something like that's going to come up. So, I think the Sixers team is – they're going to implode. I think that's my opinion. There's another potential move, too, because uh, the Raptors made a trade with uh, the 76ers for cash considerations. They got Malachi Richardson off their team. So, that opens up a roster spot for the Raptors to either go with someone in the waivers – or if they make a trade with someone else, they can pick up a contract. I think this opens up the possibility of Vince Carter coming back for that roster spot. What do you guys think of 42-year-old Vince playing for the Raptors? I think it's the nostalgia, but I feel like the Raps don't need that. I mean, uh, I, I think we talked about this like way back, a long time ago. But if Vince Carter comes to the Raptors, who is going to get their time cut? That's the biggest question for me. Is it going to be Norman Powell? Because he's actually playing pretty decent now. Is it OG Ananobi? He already barely plays. Is it CJ Miles? Oh, who's CJ Miles? No one really cares. So, like, if Vince Carter comes to the Raptors, you got to think of the bench and who gets affected the most and who's going to be upset. Because in the NBA, 
like players get upset so easily. I don't know why. It's like if I don't play over 15 minutes, I want out. And if you go to another team, you're not going to get over 20. So I don't know what the big difference is. Sometimes you have to make sacrifices if you want to win. With that free spot, though, if it's not Vince Carter, wouldn't you still try to sign someone? Yeah, yeah just Zach for Randolph. Depth forward, if I he guess. clears waivers, I would go after Zach Randolph. Yeah, as for sure. I mean, now that we got rid of Malachi Richardson, I think Lorenzo Brown, I don't think he's with our team anymore. I think we sent him down yeah, or something. So if we, if we sign one more player, it will probably be a veteran. It won't be anyone no, really yeah, super like, special, but... Yeah. It would be good to see like a a veteran leader kind of come to our team and eat around 15 minutes and show these young guys and show Kyle Lowry what it takes to be a leader and don't cry and don't bitch and moan. I, I love Kyle Lowry. He's been one of the heart and soul guys here. But lately, like you said, he's yeah. kind of been a little whiny towards Messiah Jury. And that's why I want to quickly discuss the Kyle Lowry and JV for Conley Gasol. If it happens today, we have about an hour and a half left. Do you guys think it happens? And if it does, who benefits here? I don't think it happens. Just because JV and Lowry, those two specifically, have been the heart and soul of this team. And they've carried the load for so long. And a guy like Conley, I'm a big fan of him. But he's been injury prone over the last few years. So I don't know. I don't see this going through. I think it would just help the center position more. Because uh, Marcus Saul does rebound a lot. JV, that's like one of his weaknesses and defense. So Marcus Saul fits that defensive role and he can do like, he's a two way player. Uh, Conley though. Yeah, I agree with Pinello. He's offensively. He's great. Defensively. Kyle Lowry, I think is probably better and his contract. He's making a lot of money. So you have to make a decision. If you're going to go with Kyle Lowry, I think the summer might be a better time to trade him. So you'll know about Kawhi Leonard and where he stands with the team. If you want to keep Kawhi Leonard and he says, I'll stay, but someone's got to go. And maybe that's what happens. So I would wait till the summer to pull. I'm waiting I'm waiting to hear about that press conference. Like in like May, it's going to be like Kawhi Leonard press conference. I'm like, okay, I'm watching this. This is, this is going to be huge. He's going he's gonna to pull his little laugh and he's going <laughs> to he's gonna be like, I want, I want a max deal. You better give it to me. Or if you don't, I'm out. I'm going to L.A. But uh, yeah, the Conley, the Conley for Lowry is kind of a head scratcher for me because – like Conley again, yes, he's having a great year now, but he played 17 games last year, and you got to look at that. And yes, Kyle Lowry's kind of been uh, injury prone as well, but he still played around 65 a, a yeah, year. You can count him for that. And when it comes to April, he he's pretty good. Like he's been one of the Raptors that kind of doesn't go unnoticed in the postseason. He's basically the guy that's always showing up and always pouring his heart out on the court. Like I remember last year or two years ago, there were a couple of games where DeRozan was cold as ice. And Lowry was trying to be like, listen, like it happens. Don't worry about it. So again, you have to look at the leadership that, like you said, that JV and Kyle Lowry have brought to this team for so long. If you just trade them for, yes, a veteran in, in, in uh, Marcus Gasol, who, yes, is probably better defensively than JV, gets more rebounds. You got to kind of look at the leadership. And now who's going to be your main leader now? Is it going to be Kawhi Leonard? That guy barely, he barely speaks. Is it going to be uh, Serge Ibaka? He's a good leader, but t- is he the best leader? Should he be the best leader on a team? I don't know. Um, so, again, Conley's great. He's a great two-way guard. Him and Lowry are basically almost the same player. Gasol may be a little better than JV right now, but, again, he's a lot older. It's a hit or miss for me with, with this deal. If they do it, I don't know if I like it. I still think the best option for the Raptors today with two hours left 
They should try and get Bradley Beal. I think that's a guy that they need to get. Yeah. But again, the they're probably going to have to give up your first. You're going to have to give up OG, and you might have to give up a guy like a like a like an Abaka or a DeLon Wright, someone like that. So. I don't know. Uh, basketball, uh, the trade deadline is right now. It's still going on. Not a lot has happened. But, guys, that is it for NBA today. Now we're going to get into WWE AEW. It's been a big It's been a big couple months for WWE, and they're trying to get their act together. They're trying to sign as many stars as they can. A lot of guys, are their contracts are up after WrestleMania. Alino, name a few for us. Okay, so, so far, we've got Dean Ambrose, who said he's not re-signing with WWE. Hideo Itami asked for his release. He got released, He's yep. got released. Uh, the Revival want to get released. WWE's not granting that. Uh, another few <laughs> contracts that are expiring. The New Day haven't re-signed. AJ Styles hasn't re-signed. The Usos are another two that have not re-signed. Big names right there. And there's a rumor going around, Randy Orton, who signed that 10-year deal back in the end of 2009, AEW is going after Randy Orton and Brock Lesnar. So, and Shinsuke Nakamura. And Shinsuke Nakamura. So Holy if shit. You, your contract's coming up, now is the time to get as much money as you want from Vince McMahon or AEW and cash in. Did you also see that cryptic tweet from Finn Balor? He posted a picture with Chris Jericho. Uh-oh. So that's another name that you got to kind of look out for. But yeah, um, I don't even know where to start. The Randy Orton one's kind of... Uh, I don't think that's happening. How bad would that look on WWE? Because when you think of WWE lifers, for me, I think of like Cena and Orton and... Triple Jake H. And I'm struggling because there's only a handful. And if he went to AEW, you know, what would the backlash be there? Maybe he wants this whole time... Time off, I think, is one of it. He wants to be have a, like a lighter schedule because he's getting older. And I think creative. Maybe he doesn't like this whole Viper character. Maybe he's bored of it and he wants to go back to the old Randy Orton from like 2005 where he actually had a personality when he talked. And he wasn't so robotic and <laughs> talking slow and acting like a snake. But maybe that's what it is. He's going to probably talk with Vince McMahon about it, get the best deal possible, but it could be a play to get more money. It happened. It's Kate. He's been in WWE for nearly two decades now. If you leave to go to AEW and you're 39, 40 years of age, what can you really give to that brand? Think about it. What can you really get, give other than star power? Another guy, Brock Lesnar. What can you really give to that brand? A new wrestling promotion that's trying to focus on wrestling and you and you bring guys like Randy Orton and Brock Lesnar to AEW and like you said Bill Goldberg (laughs) I get it it's to fill seats but it just flat out pisses me off when I hear rumors like that especially Randy Orton he's been with WWE for two decades like why would you want to go to AEW I know like you said the the vacation you know he's getting older the days off but again Randy Orton he hasn't looked like he's been interested in yeah. in wrestling for like three, four years now. And yes, it's crazy to say that because he's held major titles during that time. Like his, his when he beat Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania for the title, that was one of the biggest mistakes they ever made for me personally. Because Bray, remember when Orton beat Wyatt? Wyatt just and won the title and everyone was so happy. He oh, got he his for like three weeks. Wyatt. Yeah, yeah he, he thought that was his coming. Over. Yeah, it's like oh, it's his moment. Everyone was happy, and then boom, WrestleMania comes. We need the big guy, Randy Orton, to beat Bray Wyatt in a stupid ass match. And now it's like, okay, Brock Lesnar's held the Universal Title for nearly two and a half years. No one really cares about the Universal Title. 
Brock Lesnar's rumored to go to AEW. What is this going to do for Brock Lesnar? Brock Lesnar's done everything now, man. Like, who's he going to feud with? Uh, Kenny Omega, Brock, uh, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes. If he tries to put on 25 minutes and works his ass off, I'll, I'll appreciate it. If he does the eight-minute suplex city shit, I'm not down for it. So, again, we're saying all these names here, Lesnar, Orton. Do I think it happens? I don't think so. If it does happen, I'll be flabbergasted. I, I will be very confused with Cody Rhodes and his promotional skills at that point. But again, it is a business. You have to fill seats. Those, I guess, are the guys that can fill them. Remember, too, Hulk Hogan was at one time considered a lifer in WWE, their biggest name in the 80s. He jumped ship when Ted Turner came around with a check and said, "We want you're a free agent. We want you to be one of our guys. Macho Man, he was considered to be a lifer in WWE. He went to WCW, and the list goes on and on, like every single top guy. So I think right now AEW's using that same approach and saying WWE's not entitled to like this monopoly that they have over wrestling. If they're a free agent, we want to bring them on board. Who said they have to be loyal? They're independent contractors. Let's see how much we can piss off Vince McMahon, and it might work. Right now it's working with the New Day, and the Usos haven't re-signed, so... Maybe they're onto something with uh, it doesn't. AEW. It doesn't help that a veteran like Chris Jericho comes onto Instagram and social media and says, "Oh, this is the best contract I've ever gotten in my life. I'm getting NHL money. I'm getting like that's what he said. He said he's getting NHL type money, which is insane. He's 45 or something now. Always no, 50, I think. And he's like, <laughs> and he's basically telling all these guys like we saw Finn Balor. He's probably telling them. He's like, listen, I'm not trying to like bring you over, but like the money I'm getting is way better, and it's like. It's crazy, and, like, you'll be wrestling Kenny Omega, me, Rhodes, Young Bucks. You'll be wrestling all of us. So, like, why don't you come over? You have a great relationship with all of them. So it's crazy to think that a lifer, potential lifer in Chris Jericho now with AEW, trying to talk guys like the Usos, the New Day, Finn Balor, those guys saying, I got a great contract. Why don't you come over? I know Vince won't offer you that contract. We just heard the other day that Dean Ambrose got offered a seven-figure deal, which is insane, and he's turning it down. Why is he turning it down? Probably because of creative. That's probably why. He's not the top guy. He's seen himself as a top guy. He's a Grand Slam champ, for God's sakes. Um, You should be treated more like a top guy, and they haven't treated him like that. And that's why I think WWE has fucked up mightily over the years. They have way too many guys, way too much talent, and they don't utilize anybody not anybody, but they don't utilize enough. Yeah, like they focus Finn Balor, don't utilize. Bobby Roode, don't utilize. I could just keep going on and on. Shinsuke, don't utilize. Like, what is this shit with Rusev now? I like it, but, like, you could be doing way better. So if these guys all leave for AEW, I will not be surprised. I still feel like they should try to distance themselves from WWE. I don't know if they want to play that game that TNA did. They're trying to steal all their guys and look where they're at. I think with TNA, though, when they did it, they messed up by having them immediately go over their best guy. So when Kurt Angle went over... He already and he ended Samoa Joe's undefeated streak that went on for like a year and a half at the time. So that was a bad move. Uh, Sting came over. The first thing they did, he goes over Monty Brown, who was like their uh, top heel with Jeff Jarrett at the time. And then yeah, the list goes on and on. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. They go over Eric Young. Oh, like, 9, 20, 10 yeah, is when they that's when got they him. started going in that direction. So if they brought them in and had AJ go over them and Samoa Joe just destroy them. And build them up slowly. I think they would have had more success, but that wasn't the case with them. I mean, uh, even the AJ Styles rumors, 
I think he's staying with WWE. Yeah. I don't think he's, he's leaving. He's played that game already. Yeah. He, the other promotion. Yeah, he, he wants to be, I think, with the big fish. He wants to be with WWE. He is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. So if I'm WWE, I'm putting all my money on the table with him. I'm giving him as much as he wants, creative control, anything. Just be like, here, AJ, we need you. We need you to stay. You're a big part of this company. You, you've you been gone for so long. You're now home. This is now your home. SmackDown's your home. Just stay here. And even if guys like Shinsuke leave, even if guys like Dean Ambrose leave, which he basically is, I'll say he is, unless it's a work, I'm not sure. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. It's not going to hurt guys like AJ Styles. It's not going to hurt guys like Seth Rollins. They don't really care. The only thing they care about is their resumes and who they face. Like Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, we haven't even talked about them. They're still with WWE. They're not leaving anytime soon. They're two main event talents. I haven't even talked about them. They're, they haven't been on WWE television since what? Like October? Maybe even earlier than that. So WWE has so much talent where, like you said, if AEW wants to start stealing their talent, it's not going to really affect them a lot. Like, okay, if they steal the New Day and the Usos, their tag division might be shot. But again, you still have the club, which they are still surprisingly being faithful in that they haven't really been doing anything for like since uh, Styles was heel with them. Remember when he was feuding with Roman? So like three years ago, which is that's just so disappointing to say. Even the revival, like they've been so undervalued. I don't blame them for wanting a release and they're not going to get it because they're too good. They're too good of a team. So WWE creative has to really get their act together if they really don't want all these guys to leave. Chris Jericho has to kind of shut his mouth and stay away from WWE so guys like Finn Balor can kind of stay. But again, it is a business. They're like businesses talk with each other. So again, it is what it is. Anything can happen, I guess. And also with those guys, like the rumored names that are going over, I think it's going to help NXT guys because it might fast track them to the main roster because WWE will say, all right, go take uh, these older guys like uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, who's at the end, like, almost 40 years old, like around there, Randy Orton, like those older guys. We got Adam Cole. We got uh, Velveteen Dream was 23 years old. They'll just bring them up on the main roster and then try to really do damage control through that, have those guys be in main event positions. So today is the presser for AEW. Kenny Omega is probably signing today yeah. there. That's probably a given. That's huge. He's the best. Re- I think he's the best wrestler right now in the world. Him, AJ, Daniel Bryan, you know, the, yeah. Okada, those guys are all friggin' incredible. Um, who do you guys think, out of all the guys we've said, who do you think is the guy that is basically AEW bound from WWE, if you had to pick a name right now? Uh, wow. I'm going to say two names. Okay. I want to say the club. Because okay. when I think AEW and guys that have been misused in WWE and guys who can – there's a long list of that. But the club – they said when they were on SmackDown a few weeks ago, this is the first time we're on TV since August. Oh, my God. They were the crazy. best tag team in Japan for years. So if they can get those two, and Carl Anderson is also He's a looking very amazing. talented yeah. single star. Yeah. Watch his stuff with uh, Okada back in, like, 2012. Like, they're amazing performers, and it's a shame. So I can honestly see them going there as soon as next year. You could see them going there more than the New Day and the Usos. Yeah, over those teams, over the Revival, too. I can see the New Day and Dean Ambrose. Like, Dean Ambrose, I can see him because he wants to be in a better position. He doesn't like where his spot is creatively. And the New Day, I think they really want to work with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. 
Uh, they had that thing with the video guy, the E3, and they can't wrestle in WWE now. So now they're going to probably take advantage of this opportunity, go there, and maybe Kofi Kingston, he wants to have like a singles run. He hasn't really had that in WWE. And at this stage in his career, he's another guy who's close to 40 years old. Maybe this is the time to do Holy it. Holy shit, really? He's yeah. already almost 40. If, uh, they, they keep going with the New Day gimmick and they have no plans on changing it, do you think they'll actually make the jump? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I said in last week's podcast when we talked about it quickly, I think the New Day are a team where they can't leave because the like WWE made the New Day. They actually literally made them. It's like this is all WWE, all the character, all the you know the creative stuff that you've made. It's you, but the name, everything, the gimmick is us. It's all WWE. If you go to AEW, you're probably gonna have to. They're gonna have to talk with WWE about like some sort of oh like can we keep the name can we keep the same characters that's been happening as of late though yeah, yeah. Like which is viable. which is weird I don't know how that works like guys will come here and they keep the name but like other guys will come here and they have to change their name like why is that a thing yeah it's weird <laughs> I don't get it I think I think it's also on like sales too like in merch like because okay. we because remember like the Bullet Club was friggin' they were like one of the top things so when they go to WWE it's like oh, well, like, they were in New Japan for I don't know how long, so we can't just bring the Bullet Club to WWE. I mean, you can, but the the, the, mer- the merch is going to be the same. So, like, again, like, the merch sales will be down because yeah. people already have it. So I guess you just – the club, so whatever. Dollar club. So um, for me, I'm going to say – I'm actually going to say uh, Dean Ambrose and Dolph Ziggler are going to be the two to go. I think uh, – I was I was saying to Pinello um, when the rumble happened. I was surprised that he came out. I didn't think he would, and he actually eliminated Drew McIntyre. We which were thrilled. <laughs> I remember because um, like the people we watched with were not as invested, and when Ziggler's music hit, I just looked at Pinello. I'm like, this is a huge deal. I didn't think he'd be here. I'm like, okay, I thought it'd be a surprise entry, but it's it is it's Ziggler. So he comes out. He's in the final four too, which I didn't expect. So I don't know if this was like WWE saying, please stay, like don't leave, or if this was his last like kind of, you know, walk in the sunset, like, hey, you're going to eliminate Drew, you're going to be a Final Four, maybe we'll give you a program at the chamber and then you're we'll set you off. Yeah. I think now is the time. I think Ziggler, after today's presser, when he sees the cleaner signing with AEW, I think that's going to motivate him even more to leave. And I've been saying this for a couple of years now. Every time I see that his contract is up, the internet is just booming with questions saying Ziggler has to leave. He, he has to be a top star. He will be a top star in New Japan, anywhere else. And he's been so loyal. But I think finally now is the time. He's not going to get a world title run. I think it's done for the – I think the, 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 the book is closed for him on that. Start something fresh. Maybe few, re, reignite your feud with Cody Rhodes and – in AEW, do something like that. And, of course, I think Dean Ambrose is leaving, too, because the morale is just not there at all. And yeah. it's going to affect guys like Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns in the long run. The whole Shield gimmick, it's going to... No, yeah, you can't have a Shield anymore without Dean Ambrose. I didn't even think about that. No, there's something a tag team. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it for the AEW talks. Uh, if you guys uh, are very into AEW, the presser is sometime today. You guys can probably live stream it you will probably expect the cleaner to sign. That's my prediction. So now to finish this podcast, we got some big stuff to talk about on the pond in the NHL. Big stuff happened. What was it? Three days ago. I think it was three days ago or four days ago. Austin Matthews signing a monster, not even monster extension, but it's not the longest term. It's not eight mil. It's not eight years. 
It's five years at 11.64 mil a year. What are your guys' thoughts on this deal? Because I got to share mine after. I love the deal. (laughs) Five years. I think a lot of free agents, if they want to get more money in the NHL and raise that salary cap, you got to sign for five years. None of this eight-year, 12-year, all that crap. They got to end that. Make it a max year like the NBA. Five years, you can get the most out of it because everyone will be looking out, okay, I'm in the prime of my career now. I can only sign a max for five years. That NBA structure seems to work because those guys are getting like $25 million, $32 million a year. The NBA is setting a good blueprint for other athletes. And I think the NHL stars right now, the younger ones that are 21, like Austin Matthews signing for five years really makes the most of what he can make long term. So now when that's up, the salary cap might be even more and he could be making $17 million a year. So Austin Matthews may have done something for all the younger RFAs coming up in the NHL. Do you really think 11.6 though is fair? No, I don't. (laughs) For a guy in the middle of his third year. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't like this deal at all. And here is why. I I love the years. Five years is fine. But again, he's your generational player that you drafted. You tanked for him. Yeah. Not really tanked, but like you tanked for McDavid. Oh, you got yeah. Marner. Oh, we tanked. And then yeah, you got Matthews. <laughs> here's, my, here's my take on this. He's in his third year, right? First year, he got 40 goals. He looked amazing. He was one of the best players. Five on five, even strength. Yes, since he came in the league, he leads the league in five on five goals. 169, he's tied with McDavid, but he's played like 35 less games than McDavid. So you got to count that in. So five on five, Matthews is arguably the best player in the league, which that's huge. That'll stir it up. But again, you got to look at 11.6. That's the number for five seasons, $11.6 million. Now, here's my biggest question for you guys. He's getting 11.6 now. Guys like Jack Eichel, his $10.4 million contract definitely set this up. I said in the last podcast, he's not getting anything less than $10 million. That I think he'd get 11.6? No, I didn't think he'd get that. Now, Bob McKenzie said, I think it was two days ago, I was watching TSN that if they offered him an eight-year deal, it would be, if not equal, to Connor McDavid's 12.5 mil. So that is what Matthews wanted if they got eight years. Just take that in. Eight years at $12.5 million. Would you rather have that or would you rather have the shorter term at 11.6? It's basically, to me, it's almost the same thing. I'm probably taking the long term because the money is pretty much the same. Like pretty if you're much. You're gonna pay over ten. What's the fucking point of yeah. twelve and a half? It's the same thing, pretty much. And then you get the extra few years. But okay, <laughs> if you gave them twelve and a half million dollars, that brings their cap up for next year. Right now, uh, Mitch Marner's coming up too. Kapanen's coming up. Janssen. If you're giving Matthews eleven point six, now it gives you leverage because if you gave him twelve point five, maybe Marner would have said, okay, I want eleven point six. If you're giving Matthews eleven point six now. It lowers maybe the term and the number the other RFAs will be but asking do, for. But do you really think Marner is going into this free agency asking for that much? I don't think he is. I don't think he's going in saying, I want $11 million. I think he's going in saying, I want like eight and a half, nine. Because mind you, what's Nylander getting? 6.9 mil? Yeah, yeah. And he's playing awful. He's not. He's he's kind of getting better now, but he's 6.9. Marner, to me, is better than Nylander. I think he's better yeah. than Nylander. 
he's not in – I don't think he's in the double digits yet, and I don't think he ever will be. Yes, you could compare Kane's contract, but look at what Kane's doing at 30 years old right now. He's insane. Pat, uh, Jonathan Tabes' contract also fucks up a lot of people. Jack Eichel, Dreisaitl, all these guys, it screws up a lot of people. But Austin Matthews, 11.6 mil to me is an insult in that, yes, you know what you're getting yourself into. You came to this team. It is your team. We just signed John Tavares to $11.1 million for seven years or eight years. I don't remember. I think it was seven years. So if I'm Kyle Dubas, I'm looking at Austin Matthews. You're our generational player. You're the guy that I want to hoist the cup. I want you to be the captain. I want you saying this is our team. This is our franchise. He says he has big plans in in this five years. I personally agree with Pinello. I think he should have went the eight-year route, even if it was another mill. I think I would have rather done that. You're secure for another three more years instead of scratching your head when he's 26 and in the prime of his career. How much do you think he's going to want then? He's probably going to want around 13 mil. He'll probably be the most paid player in the league. I wouldn't be surprised. And again, you're looking at the injuries. Injuries are a big factor, man. Like last year, he played 60 games. You're really paying a guy 11.6 after playing 60 games last year? I don't know, man. Like, it's mind-boggling. Like, I know he's a great player. But again, a lot of people are saying, oh, before his injury in October, they were saying he's the second best behind McDavid. He's up there. He's he's top five in the league, no doubt. Yeah, I agree with that. But at the end of the day, 11.6 for only five years to me is not a good deal. I feel like Dubas could have – I think he could have pushed him a little more. I feel like the agents kind of said, like, listen, you know who my – my agent, you know who my player is, Austin Matthews, one of the greatest players that this franchise has seen in a long time. I feel like he could have probably given him 10 and a half. I really think he could have. But 11 points, like the thing that really upsets me, knowing it's kind of knowing that Austin Matthews didn't even try taking a pay cut. He didn't even try. And that's the thing that kind of makes me kind of sad. And now Mitch Marner, I'll, I'm just going to make a prediction. I'll say he gets nine and a half. I'm going to say he gets nine and a half for eight years. Now you have to for sure get rid of Gardner, Zaitsev, and Marlowe, at least two of the three of those contracts, even Connor Brown or Zach Hyman. And like we said, Kapanen and Janssen are RFAs. So to me, this deal, yes, you say you're you're saving one mil, but at the end of the day, I'd rather have that extra three years of comfort knowing that Austin Matthews is a Leaf. But then you have the extra three years of 12 mil. That's the only thing. And then you have to start negotiating with these guys with that extra cap hit. I think right now with Marlowe being the last year, the $6 million, they're going to try doing everything they can this offseason to maybe send it back to San Jose, force them to retire, or <laughs> force them. <laughs> force them. Like, say, here, here's the $6 million. Go on, Roby the island over there. <laughs> you're going to be our assistant GM. You're, you're packing up this career. You're taking your skates and you're going home. Next year, if you want to come back, go sign a PTO somewhere else. And... Uh, Marner, his agent already uh, started a lot of uh, ruckus downtown saying, oh, yeah, uh, my client was lowballed. You want to go play that game and say your client was lowballed? He's 20 years old. If he thinks he's going to get $11 million, he's going to say, I need $11 million for what? You're going to go buy a house? Your parents live in the GTA. You can go live with your parents. Or go buy you an Uber <laughs> to bring you to the rink. Like, I don't know what like if he thinks he's going to get 11 mil. I think what you said, nine and a half. That's a fair offer. I think that's more realistic. And you have to build up from the defense. Gardner's probably gone. You saved a million now also by bringing in Muzzin for next year. And, yeah, they got a lot of guys. I think they're really counting on Timothy Lilgren and Sandin 
and Jeremy Bracco and Timoshoff. Those are going to be the four guys, I think, that come up next year. All I'm saying is uh, next year we're going to see a lot of entry-level deals on yeah. the roster. I think those four guys are going to – next year they're going to be on the main roster. And Janssen and Kapanen, I think – I don't I don't really – with Kapanen, $4 million has been thrown around. I don't see him as that yet. Maybe a bridge deal of like three. But I think they're just going to save as much uh, – you know, in the public eye, they traded Phil Kessel for this guy, and they're retaining $1.2 million of Phil Kessel for the next, like, five or six years <laughs> for Kapanen because they had high hopes for him. So they're going to have to re-sign him and find a way. So Janssen, I think, is an odd one out. Uh, for Marner, what does his agent, like, expect? I think he just expects to say, hey, you want 15 mil? Okay, we're done. <laughs> like, shouldn't so. you lowball everyone? Yeah. There's nowhere to go from there if you just give them the moon. Yeah. You can't offer him right from the bat. Okay, how's 11 sound? Like, oh, oh, yeah, we're good more. here. Yeah. You, have to, you have to look at it realistically, too. Like, Marner, yeah, he's 20 years old. He's coming off a 61-point season. He's already passed that this year. You got to look at the scorings up, too, though. It's not just Marner, like, getting unreal years. Like, look at Panarin, look at Ajo, look at all these other guys. Yeah, They're free Ryan. agents. Like, yeah. I think uh, Point's the best example because he's he may not be the best player on his team. No, he's but not. he's in the exact same position. That exact, exact same. He's already at 32 goals. He's, he might get 50 goals. Like, what is? What do you think Braden Point's gonna want? Low balling. Think an offer sheet's gonna come up for Braden Point? Yeah, I think. Oh, I think. Sure. I think Point's gone. To. I think Point's gone. He has to be gone. You they, can't afford him. There's no way. How many guys do they have locked up over there? Like four. And they have Ryan Callahan's contract. I think. I think. I think it's either Palat, Palat, or Johnson are up this year too. I think. Didn't Johnson sign? Oh, Johnson signed. Nothing long term, but like nothing crazy money. It was like it was like six. I think. Was it that much? I think so, yeah. <laughs> it was, he was coming off the 70-point year, I think, when he signed them. <laughs> and they, wait, Gang Gordy, too, is another one. I think he's at like three and a half right now. He's on that bridge deal. But oh, wow. even even JT Miller's on a bridge deal. And I don't think he's going to want nothing less than five mil. So, yeah, they're, they're in tr- they even have McDonough's contract. Oh, yeah, that's another big They have Girardi's contract, but they're bad, yeah, man. The other two making 10. Or Kucherov will. I think Ryan Callahan Kucherov is going to get 12 mil. Yeah, he should get the most. Yeah. <laughs> he's and then you got to find a way to get rid of Callahan because they have him as like the 13th forward and he's making over $6 million. Marty St. Louis screwed yeah. them over. <laughs> he did. <laughs> On his way out, there you go, Marty. But yeah, back to the Leafs contracts. Like, I think Marner should get around 9 mil, 9.5 mil. That's a fair, I think that's fair for him. But I'm still kind of shaking my head with the Matthews deal. I know, like, you say you save one mil every year for the three years, but you got to think about like he'll only be 26 when his contract is up, and you can only imagine what he's gonna want after that. Let's say he's healthy every year. Let's I'll say if he's healthy every year, and he gets 50 goals every year, this is a win. This is a great contract. But right now you got to look at it. Listen, first year he killed it, 40 goals, 69 points. Unreal. He was amazing at the Centennial Classic. Fantastic. The playoffs, he disappeared. Last year's playoffs wasn't really there. So a lot of people are looking at the playoff performance too and they're like, is he really worth 11.6 right now? He hasn't really done anything in the postseason. But McDavid also hasn't really done anything in the postseason either. And he's getting 12 and a half. So you got to kind of weigh in on that. And also last year, him being injured. This year, him being injured. It's kind of like, yeah, he's our generational guy, but you really are taking away, like, you're really risking it here. 11.6. Like, next year, I think we only have $12 million 
in salary cap, and we have to sign four players. That's more than I thought, too. Yeah, <laughs> I was expecting. Like so six. if you if you could try and dump like gar- if you could try and get rid of like my ideal thing at this trade deadline for the Leafs, you have to get rid of Janssen and Gardner. You got to package both those guys, and you got to get. Like like something back, like something not expensive, like an expendable player for the postseason, and that's it. You call it that. You sign Martin to the extension. You sign Kapanen to the extension, and the rest you kind of work with along the way. Kyle Dubas, I know he's a smart man. He's going to make it all work out, but this deal to me is very head-scratching. It's very concerning as well because let's say Marner gets 10 mil. Let's say he gets double double figures. I don't know what our blue line's going to look like next year. Here's another thought. Who's on the third line center for the Leafs? Uh-oh. Nazem Kadri. <laughs> Maybe he money? could go. 30-goal oh, score, nice contract. You sign Marner, you package Kadri with some of their younger talents, you can get an elite-level defenseman, I think. He signed for another year, too, right? Two, I think. No, two more yeah, years. more. Two more years. Him and, him and uh, Riley signed five-year deals. Same time. Yeah. Right? Same time, yeah. So I think they both have two, three years 30 left. 30-goal score. He's still hard was. to play against. That was, the that, that was the two greatest signings in a, a very long time for the Leafs. It's a gamble and a half, right? Especially for Riley. Yeah, Riley's looking like he's oh. a Norris Trophy finalist right now. And you have to think when his contract's up, he can be in that range too. So if you're going to get rid of somebody, I think Kadri's the one that's expendable right now. Kadri, Gardner, Janssen, to me are the guys that have to go. Yeah. This they, year for me, it's Marlowe. Yeah. Like they should try to fish into a team that's – Kind of like us that's trying but to win who wants him, though? Yeah. Like, Because it's just one year left. I know it's six mil and it's fucking highway robbery for a 40-year-old, but because it's just one more year, I'm pretty sure some team... Do you think a team like the Islanders would want him? Because they're in the playoffs. No, Lou Lamarillo, it's I like, think, would take that. Because he's going to say, oh, why am I going to help the team that just screwed me over for this young little kid with, uh, with numbers and analytics? We gave him GM Komarov drum. and Martin. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, we about? traded Komarov and Martin for Tavares. <laughs> I don't think they're going to... If they're there, then yeah. And just get Marlowe off our hands. He does so much for it. Like Marno, uh, Marner and Matthews, he took them under our wing. And yeah. he's been with us for a couple of years now. But for me, that's the one guy you have to deal. I think the, at the draft, they'll probably – the worst thing like they'll end up doing, Marlowe to San Jose, and they'll retain like 2 or $3 million. So they get $3 million to use. To Anything but take on that full salary. Yeah. Like if you're taking on, what is it, $6 mil now? Yeah. That's – that's San Jose is probably the only one I can think of to say, okay, he retires in the same place he started. He went to the Leafs for a few years, and then they send him back on halfway. Also, I want to mention he's the wor- he's been the worst Corsi player on the Leafs this yeah. year, which is very disappointing to see. I get JVR vibes. Like I, He's either really good or I don't see him yeah. at all. But again, like you said, he's been amazing like leadership-wise. He's basically – like they've joked around on Instagram that like Marner and Matthews are like his, his kids. kids yeah. So it's, it's like I love how close they are, so – that's also another concerning thing. If Marlowe leaves, like it's a tough one. I know. <laughs> like it's going to be a tough one to swallow from Ma- Matthews and Marner. But I hope that the leadership he gave to those two, Marner Matthews, kind of rubs off on them, and you know they'll understand. It's a business, so yeah. I think Mar uh, Marlowe. I think uh, I think Kadri, Gardner, Janssen, all these guys have to go. And we, of course, we have to sign Mitch Marner yeah. next so season. I think next season's going to this team's going to look a lot different than what it is now. You're going to see a lot of players gone. And you're going to see, like you said, entry-level deals, maybe some veterans, but on a, like a $1 million PTO type of deal. And, yeah, I can't see them going after like somebody just to have an extra expensive contract on their team. If there's one defenseman you think they should go and trade for this year, who do you think it is? 
that has like a, a good contract. Like if you said you trade a Kadri and Gardner or Kadri and Janssen and you're first for a D, who is the D you're trading for? Would you try to find someone in like – I'd say like the four and a half to five million dollar range. The first – it's kind of random. The first name that came to mind was like a Jared Spurgeon. Okay. Because he's, he's still kind of young. He's a right-handed D. He's very mobile. Like Two-way guy. He'd be good for us. Yeah, I, I think he would. I think that's a good name. I like Matthias Ekholm too with uh, the dev- with the Devils, with the Preds. Um, he's a guy that's kind of gone under the radar because, again, their defense is so deep and so good. And I would say a guy like a Ryan Ellis, but yeah, they're not they're not, get, they're not getting rid of him. So I would say maybe Matthias Ekholm. Yeah, I like Spurgeon too. I think that's a big – but I don't think they'd get rid of Spurgeon knowing that Dumba's out the whole year. So that's not happening. But Alex Sadler maybe? From Vancouver, he he just got concussed. I don't know. Oh, I don't know how long he's out for. Scrap that then. <laughs> how about Cronwall from Detroit? If we could get a veteran guy just for the, just for the playoffs, yeah. I'm down for it. But again, you're gonna they're gonna have to eat minutes because yeah, you can't just be relying on two D the whole time. Because he was because like, we all know Gardner's yeah. history in the postseason <laughs> and it's not pretty. So I think they just need someone to have like that threats. Like Gardner, if you screw up, you're sitting in the press box and you need to have like a realistic guy that you can say, okay, if I screw up, that guy's gonna come and take my spot. If he sees in the press box Marinchin or someone like that, he's gonna be like, okay, I can screw up as much as I want. They're gonna throw that guy in there, <laughs> he's put like, his fucking feet up and lay back. <laughs> yeah, so if he has like a realistic threat to come in and say, okay, now I gotta like step my game up, I'm playing for my next contract, then I think it would work. The guy that's supposed to be that guy is Travis Dermott yeah, to replace him, but again, he's still young, he's still learning the ropes of being a two way defenseman, eating those minutes that Gardner's getting. But I do think the Leafs need to go all in this trade deadline and get a D. I feel like they need to do that. They need to get rid of Kadri or Gardner or Marlowe, their contract. They need to get rid of two of those contracts just to sign Marner in order for this team to not be in cap hell if they're not already in it. And they have so many young forwards there that they can replace them with easily where they won't have to worry about, oh, we don't have anyone next year. They have Tim Mishraw that can come up. Trevor Moore has been great. Trevor Moore has been great. They have... Uh, Another like so many guys. That Bracco, they have yeah, they have a lot Bracco, of guys. Yeah. Those guys are like right at the level. They can just immediately jump up soon, play like a few minutes a game. So they're not going to be too much trouble offensively. Well, that's it for this week's episode. We talked a lot today. We talked about basically almost every sport. So kudos to you guys for hanging in there and listening. Thanks a lot, guys, for watching. If you guys haven't already, listen to us on on basically every single social media outlet we're on soundcloud we're on mixcloud we're on youtube spotify (laughs) spotify we're on everything so thanks a lot guys again for watching make sure to listen subscribe all that stuff write a review write a review write comments back follow our facebook page who who, who your favorite member is (laughs) you know how many people hate you know pinello yeah (laughs) get on that Are you a more AW, WWE? Which, t- which side are you going to take? Before we close this though, Pinello, you got a nice roll at the rim. Yeah, you let's win. see it. The reveal. I'm going to bite this open. Oh my god. If this guy's wins. looking like fucking Mike Tyson here. Please play again. Ah, uh, <laughs> typical Tim Hortons. Damn it. You have a one in six chance at my ass. <laughs> Anyways, guys, I guess the roll up the rim wasn't lucky. Maybe next week we will get a winner.